You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to a new episode of Sixers Daily. I'm your host, Jazz Kang. Lots to cover on this emergency podcast. Ben Simmons was supposed to talk to the media. Some other stuff completely went down. Lots of reaction to that. Before we jump into it, don't forget, subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We're growing out our network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, we are there. Of course, we'd always appreciate a five-star review. And check us out at libertyballers.com. We'll have you covered on the eve now of the regular season. Joining me to break down a wild morning I was going to say in Philly, but it would technically be Camden, I guess. Right, Paul? Uh, <laughs> somebody who was there, walked in. And if you don't know, the big news of the day, not just in Philly, but across really the entire sports world. They let us know on Monday that Ben would likely be talking to media today, which is Tuesday. That didn't end up happening. He ended up getting kicked out of practice. Uh, Paul, you were there. You were at the training facility. Walk us through what the morning was like and what your expectations were and then what reality became. Well, um, I started my day off with a nice uh, s'mores latte, which if you okay. guys haven't had, um, <laughs> it's an excellent choice. And it, I, I feel as though it helped me uh, get through the day because it was it, it was a total circus. Uh, it really was. If I had to put a number on it, I would say four times as many people as a usual practice day um, were in attendance waiting for Ben Simmons to talk. Um, there's like a little and, and as you've seen it, there's like this little hallway outside the media room where um, TV crews kind of assemble. And usually there's like three or four guys. The hallway was completely full of people. And it was just, I, I, in my time covering this team, I don't know that I've seen it a, a crazier a crazier scene um, for a practice. It, it was absolute, uh, it was absolute chaos. It was pandemonium. I, for lack of a better term, Jazz, it was a shit show. Like it, it just was. Um, it was. It was really crazy. And the whole time we're sitting there and like, for those of you who don't know, typically what happens is the team sends us an email the night before they let us know, Hey, get here around this time. Cause that's when we'll be letting you into practice. You know, what they do is the team will practice for a few hours. Then they'll let us in for the last couple of minutes. We'll watch maybe a couple of drills and the guys shoot around and they'll bring over doc. They'll bring over players one by one. So today it was like, Hey, come by 1145. So it's getting to be like, I don't know, like 20 after 12, I guess. And we're all kind of, all right, like what's happening? Cause this is not, you know, clearly this is not a normal day. Ben Simmons is preparing to talk all of that. Then the word comes down. The team releases the official statement that he has been suspended De conduct detrimental to the team, not going to play in the opener. And yeah, from there, we got it confirmed that he was not going to speak, um, that he was thrown out of practice. And, you know, we, we were told by, you know, a member of the PR staff, those, those folks do a wonderful job and it's been, you know, I'm sure very tough on them. They came in, po peeked into the media room, let us know, hey, uh, we're not going to, you know, Doc's going to have more on why he was suspended and what happened. So they let us in. 
Uh, we all trickle in. Doc comes over and, and you know, Doc was pretty diplomatic. I, I give him credit. His message was it happened. Um, you know, he came in. I, I didn't really, you know, I, I asked, you know, didn't get into details, but basically said he didn't want to do what everyone else was doing. So when I identified that, I saw he was a distraction for today. And I thought it was better for the team. The words he used was he wanted to protect the team from it. So he throws Ben out of practice. He said they talked about it, didn't get into details on what they talked about, but also said that he expects Ben to come back to the next practice and he's willing to welcome him back. Um, Joel Embiid was far less diplomatic. Um, he used the word babysit, I think, four or five times and said, mm-hmm. look, it's it's not my job to, to babysit a player. It's my job to be focused on the guys that are here and to get ready for a game because Jazz, let's not forget, they start the regular season tomorrow on Wednesday night in New Orleans. So they have a game to get ready for and all of this. Um, and, you know, I give Joel Embiid credit because he has handled this whole thing. And this is a guy who's been implicated in this, right? I mean, this mm-hmm. is, he was, you know, he, he's gotten, uh, the reports are Ben Simmons wasn't happy about his comments after game seven. There are reports that Ben Simmons thinks, you know, he wants his own team or whatever. And, you know, it's built around Joel Embiid, who, of course, it's built around Joel Embiid because he might be the best center in the entire NBA. So, of course, it is. Um, But Joel Embiid's leadership throughout this has really shown through to me. Um, The fact that he has said this multiple times. I care about the guys that are here. Uh, You know, I want to win. I want to play with these guys. We're, you know, our chemistry's coming together. We're coming together as a team. And for Joel to just basically say, he literally said, I don't care about this man right now. Like, I, I don't care what he does. He does whatever he wants. And it was a strong statement. But at the same time, it was a statement of, like, either you're on the train or you're or you're, or you're in the way. And that's the way that he has portrayed it. And the, the rest of the team is, has delivered the same message. It's, you know, you're, you're either in or you're out. And right now you're out. So we're going to move on without you. You know, when you're looking at what Joel said and how he responded to that, because I'm with you in, in, in how he handled it, should there have been a comma in between, I don't care about that man, <laughs> or is it, I don't care about that man? <laughs> so that was like the pressing, like, I kid you not, like uh, uh, everyone in the media room, that was like, we're all sitting there transcribing furiously. And like, every once in a while you hear someone say, wait, should we have a, co-? and like, what we all like all listen, listening back on it and, and the rest of the quotes and the intent of everything and like the context of the whole thing, that to me did not sound like a comma situation. It sounded like when he's saying, I don't care about this man, he is saying, I don't care about this man, Ben Simmons. Like that is the vibe that I got. That is the vibe that most of us got that were there. And so, yeah, I mean, that's unless I hear otherwise, that's what I got. Like I, I and like the next line, Jazz was, he does whatever he wants. So clearly, I think he is indicating that I don't care what Ben Simmons does. It is on, it is basically, it is Ben Simmons' problem. I'm focused on the guys that are here. I am focused on the team. And it, it's a strong statement. It, it is. It's a very strong statement, but I don't think it's an unfair statement. I, I think that's the way that the team has operated. And maybe I'm I'm naive to believe it, Jazz, but like, I believe it when, because they've said this from the get-go, the, the message has been, we're like, if he's here, great. We're going to welcome him in. He can help us win games. If he's not here, then we're just going to play. We're going to do what we have to do. We're going to do what we have to do with the guys that are there. 
And again, maybe I'm naive to believe it, but I kind of, I, I think that they don't care what Ben does. Like they're just going to ride it. They're going to ride with it and go along with it. And um, I think Joel Embiid and his leadership is a big part of why I think, because he has, he has been the one that has stood there and, and you know, he's taken the bullets and he's not been afraid to talk about it. And he's spoken honestly about it. He told us today, like, he was asked, have you spoken to him, you know, since he's been here? And Joel said, I, you know what? I, I'm too honest, but no, I haven't spoken to him. Um, so I just think that leadership, the responsibility that Joel has taken has trickled down to the rest of the team. And I think that is the mentality they've taken on. This is what I find fascinating about all this, Paul, is is you're mentioning Joel's leadership. And I've loved it, too. And, and you know, following his career throughout I, I've always been a huge Joel Embiid fed you know what I mean the way he carries himself the way he plays I'm with him and just just be honest man you know what I mean I answer if you get asked the question answer it honestly and I'm looking at this from Ben's perspective now what the hell do you think you were doing showing up in the first place if you were going to act like this and here, here's the way I'm looking at this I'm going to go like a layer deeper yeah he might have looked at what's happened with previous all-stars who disrupted things and were able to get moved to where they wanted to go and now you look at this. First off, Ben, you ain't Jimmy Butler. You're not an alpha dog. You're not a, a, a well-respected in terms of this guy's a, a, you know hard as, hard as nails and comes out and, and brings it every night. You don't have that kind of clout with the Sixers. You're not James Harden, an MVP, a guy who gave everything he did to Houston, tried to help him win, and really he knew once he was gone, that whole thing was coming down. They had to rebuild the Rockets. You have a guy in there who is the alpha dog. Joel Embiid is the man on that team. You can see the way uh, the his teammates look at him, the way his teammates talk about him, is they go off of what Joel is saying and doing, and he is the guy. So Ben Simmons, to me, I'm looking at this now, and I was thinking this. I'm like, why the hell would you even show up just to act like this? Now you're going to lose another 360 grand. You're going to probably lose another 360 on Friday for not playing against Brooklyn. They're finding you for every practice you don't show up for. They've already done that. They're going to find you for this now too. What was the end goal in all this? Like, I, I don't understand. Cause I look back at it and you look back at, at, you know, July, you know, 2019 uh, when he signed that five-year max contract for 170 million at that point, it was, yeah, get my name on that contract and secure me that money. Right. That's the way he was looking at it. And now right. you got that money right. and you got four years left. Then this is honest, like I, I, this whole thing to me is so dumb. And even the way Clutch has, has handled this too, is if you were going to act like this, dude, you don't have the kind of clout. You don't have the kind of respect that Joel Embiid, that James Harden, that Jimmy Butler have in the room. So if you're going to come in and act like this, they're just going to be like, dude, we're good without you. So go ahead and sit on the sideline. And you got four years left. You got $146 million left on your deal. Where the hell do you think you're going to go? And who's going to take you at this point? So when you're looking at this, Paul, is that the sentiment around that you're looking at around the team and obviously being around them almost daily when you're at practices, you're going to be at, you know, most of the home games. When you're looking at this, like, do you agree with me on that? Because I, I look at guys like Danny Green, Tobias Harris, Seth Curry. These guys are looking at it like, dude, we got our first 20 games. We should easily win 11 of them. I'm looking at that, you know, teams that weren't even in playoffs in the playoffs last season, weren't projected to be very good this season. And you're looking at this, you got nine other games and who knows what the Sixers will do. If they're 15 and five, 
I'm Daryl Morey. I'm Elton Brand. I'm looking at this and saying, go ahead, dude, keep sitting out. Because the longer we stay good without you, sure, it, it hurts them not having a huge asset like Simmons, but they can take this into January and February until whenever the trade deadline is and say, hey, you know what? We're we're sitting pretty right now and then wait for things to unfold and then we'll ship you off when we want to. Because right now, to me, this guy has no leverage behaving like a child. And if, if you don't know, the reason why is Doc, apparently this is the reports we got. Doc asked Ben to take part in a defensive drill. He said no. Doc asked again. Of course, Simmons said no, and they basically just kicked him out of the gym like he's a sulking high schooler. So when you look at this, how, how, how do you think the, the Sixers have handled it, and where do you think things go from here? To your point, people I've talked to and all the word I've gotten all along, like this today does not get him any closer to being traded. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. He's not any closer to being traded. All it did, what you just said, it, all it did was just cost him a game check. If he was just reporting because he didn't want to get fined anymore because he didn't want to make his money again, well, that just went out the window because you just lost a bunch of money by not by being suspended and not being able to play. And like I said, it, it this it's I'll say this to I guess I mean I don't know I don't want to defend Rich Paul and Clutch too much, but like to defend them a little bit. I think there are a lot of other executives, GMs around the league that would have already pulled the trigger to avoid all of this. Mm-hmm. They would have done it already. They would have said, you know what? Let's just, let's get the best offer we can. Let's move on. Cause this guy is just blah, blah, blah. But Daryl Morey is not like most other executives. He's, he's not going to get bullied by this. Like he's not going to let clutch. He's not going to let Ben Simmons dictate what happens. You just said it. He is under contract. He has no leverage. None. He just doesn't. If you're going to, if this is what you're going to pull, they're going to keep suspending you. And I guess, I I don't know, there might be like a limit in the CBA that they have to stop finding him or spending him at some point. I don't know 100% how all that works, but like the, I get it. Like the the idea is whatever it takes, right? Whatever it takes to get traded, that's what he's going to do. But I just don't, I don't think any of this is going to work. I don't think the Sixers are going to be moved by his behavior to make it, especially when you have Joel Embiid coming out and saying, I don't care. Like we're, I I don't care. You have Seth Curry saying, I didn't even see what happened. I'm just, I'm so locked into what I'm doing. You have the guy like Andre Drummond. Who's like, yeah, dude, like I just, I just got here. Like, I I don't care. Like I'm just, I'm just here to try to win games. Same with, you know, George Niang yesterday with his awesome quote of saying, I stay in my lane because when you get out of your lane, you get hit by a Mack truck. Like that's, that's where the team's mentality is. Like they're not worried about it. And the more the team is apathetic to it, the more that they don't react to it, the more that hurts Simmons, the more that hurts the possibility of him getting traded. Cause like, I, like like you already touched on December 15th is a day that guys who were signed in this off season can be, can be traded. Um, so there's that, that's another window that opens up more possibilities. More guys could get traded, more salaries available for teams to use. And then the other time is the trade deadline. I have no reason to think that today's actions, what happened today makes it happen any sooner than those two dates. I still think if you're looking for a trade, those are the two dates. Those are the two times that you're looking for that to happen because a lot could happen between now and December 15th. Um, the Blazers could get off to a terrible start. The Bulls could get off to a terrible start. The The Wizards, you name it. Uh, uh, any team could get off to a bad start. And 
a player could be interested in not wanting to be on their team anymore. Um, and again, in the trade deadline, that that's even a, you know a, a further timeline where that more stuff could even happen. So I, I and like I think too, Jazz. The one thing that maybe clutches over, uh, and that's not this isn't to discredit Ben Simmons as a basketball player because I think Ben Simmons is a great basketball player. He's a defensive player of the year candidate, um, arguably the best perimeter defender in the NBA. He still does you know a lot of very good things on the offensive end of the floor. Not so much in the playoffs last year, but in general, he does. But I think as long as Joel Embiid is healthy, as long as Tobias Harris is healthy, they're going to be pretty darn good uh, in the Eastern Conference too. Like, I I don't think I like listen, and I, I'm I'm glad to eat my words if this does happen, but I don't think they're going to get off to a bad start. Like, I think they're going to be okay. I think they're going to win games. They have Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid was second in MVP voting last year. He is one of the best players in the entire league. Tobias Harris was a fringe all-star last year. Like Seth Curry had a career year. He was, Seth Curry was unbelievable in the playoffs. Like they don't, there, there are a lot of avenues you can see um, where they're going to be okay without Ben Simmons. Tyrese Maxey's a year older and a year more developed. Matisse Thibel getting back into the mix. You know, he missed some time with a shoulder injury, but you know, I, I fully expect him to play uh, on opening night. And that's there, there's your kind of defensive void where he can fill in. So I, 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 as much as it, yes, they are not as good of a team with Ben Simmons or without Ben Simmons as they are with him. I think they can weather this. I think they can stay afloat till December 15th or possibly even into February into the trade deadline. Uh, more so than I believe the Portland Trailblazers can stay afloat to those dates with the roster they have and competing in the Western Conference. So um, I personally think that, you know, Daryl Morey is, and, and Elton Brand and the Sixers have handled this very well. And I think they're going to keep holding firm here. I don't think this is going to do anything. I don't think this is going to make them call up, I don't know, name a team, call up a team that doesn't have as good of a package to offer and say, ah, you know what? Now that Ben did this, I think, I think we're willing to maybe come down, you know, yeah, Minnesota, we're going to take Malik Beasley and Patrick Beverly and a bunch of picks down. Like, no, I I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's, they're going to hold firm. I, I, and they're going to hold firm until the two dates I just talked about. I'm with you, Paul. And I want to jump into that because I'm seeing some sentiment about how Daryl Morey and the, and the Sixers brass have handled it. Let's take a quick break here and we'll, we'll jump into that on the other side. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back. You were mentioning, Paul, there how you know you would think that the Sixers have handled this right. I'm 100% with you. I, I love the way the Sixers have handled this. I love how they've approached this ordeal and the drama with Simmons. But some people online are questioning this and saying, well, the Sixers knew this was going to happen. The Sixers should trade them. They should have got rid of them right away. Why? They're still good. It's not like Houston. It's not like Minnesota where Carl Anthony Towns was still coming up and and they didn't know what they had and getting rid of Jimmy Butler was going to torpedo their team. It's not like the Rockets were getting rid of James Harden and we knew once he was gone, that team was going to fall into the abyss, right? The Sixers, like you mentioned, they have Joel Embiid. They have Tobias Harris. They have a bunch of very other uh, good veterans around them. They got young pieces. They're fine. They can sit on this. And even if they're sitting at three, four, or five in the East come time for January, they still don't need me to make a panic move. So when you're looking at the sentiment around the NBA, and I know a lot of the national people were there, especially looking at ESPN talent, uh, you had some other folks there as well who are, who are big in the NBA media world. Are you gathering anything from how they think this is going to play out? Or is this something that's going to have to be a, let's just wait and see what happens over the next, you know, 60, 90 days. Yeah, I think there is going to be a lot. Listen, I've kind of felt this way that it's still going to be a lot. Of, like, it, it's been like this, right? It's been mm-hmm. a lot of wait and see because I just don't – I don't think like, the people I've talked to, and this has been the message – this has been the message that I have heard from, you know, as far as the Sixers go from the beginning. We don't want to trade him. We never wanted to trade him, and we're not going to trade him unless we get a championship-caliber piece, meaning a player that either – does what Ben's similar to what Ben Simmons does or does even more. Like they're not going to take a lesser player. Um, I know like, you know, the Pacers thing with Malcolm Brogdon, I know some people, I know, and it's some of our guys in Liberty ballers are bummed. They're like, Oh, now Malcolm Brogdon can't be traded. They never wanted Malcolm Brogdon. They were never going to take Malcolm Brogdon. That's not a good enough piece quite. And I like Malcolm Brogdon. I think Malcolm Brogdon is a pretty damn good player, but if you're going to tell me Malcolm Brogdon, in addition to Ben Simmons, great. That sounds like a wonderful trade, but for Ben Simmons, no, that that's not a level trade, um, and, and that's that's where they are. Like, I look at it like this, Jazz. If you it, let's say they that that trade happened where it was like Malcolm Brogdon and or Karis Levert and a bunch of picks, what's the Sixers ceiling if they make that move? They're probably a second round team, right? Like that's mm-hmm. they're not any better than they were if they make that move. Whereas they already know they can get to the second round with Ben Simmons. So why make a move? It's just it's just. It's a, it's a trade. That is a trade for the sake of making a trade. That is not making the team better. And until that opportunity comes along, that is a clear thing that will either make the team just as good as it is with Ben or make it better. They're not going to trade him. And I don't know, like, is there a tipping point? I'm not sure there is like what uh, short of like, like Ben Simmons throwing soup at a, at an assistant coach. Like I I don't know, or, you know, or chucking basketballs at rookies or screaming at, you know, Josh Harris and the, you know, watching practice telling him, Oh, you need me. Like, I I don't know. Like, I don't know what the tipping point is with the Sixers, but I know this, we have not reached it. And I don't think we're even close to having reached it. So 
this is definitely wait and see. This is definitely going to take time. We, we are, I, for me, I mean, listen, anything could happen. We could be like, we could get a woad street before I finish the sentence that says he's getting traded to Minnesota, but I don't see it happening. I think this is, I think we are nowhere near the finish line on this unless something changes on another team and another superstar becomes available. Another star caliber player becomes available. I don't think we're close to the finish line here. Yeah, I think you nailed it there, Paul. I, I think this is going to be, and I've said this a few times on, on the daily podcast, that this is going to take some serious, serious time. Like I, And the way they've handled it since that fateful night in June and that Game 7 happened all the way through now, it's it's now been five months. You can tell they're, they're not in a rush. And, you know, we picked that up on, on Media Day, sitting there and talking to, to Doc and hearing what Doc and, and Daryl Morey were saying that, Everything they the way they were their body language, their energy. Of course, they're gonna say all the right cliches and 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 do that, but they were also looking at this like, dude, we're not in a rush. And that's what I picked up on from this too. It's like we don't need to do this, we don't have to make this deal right now in order to you know make sure that that we just get something back for for Ben. No, they're in a good situation. Again, I, I think if they pull a, the trigger on a trade sooner than later, it'll be to get a boatload of picks that they can repackage again at some point during the season but other than that like i said i just don't see this having a resolution anytime soon and to me i'm looking at what ben is acting like sure you're 25 sure you're still young and i and i'm with the player empowerment movement in the sense of if you're a free agent go anywhere you want to go up to you you know you're not obligated to stay with the team that kept you and paid you for seven years a if you're not happy with the direction not only of the franchise b you don't like living in the city and so that's up to you if you have a year left on your contract and your team comes to you with you an extension and you say, I'm not signing that, I'm out of here. I'm with that. This I'm not cool with is the fact that, hey, I signed a five-year deal. I wanted to get my that ink on that paper as soon as I could to lock in my 170 million. And now just a couple of years later, I'm, I didn't get any better as a shooter. I didn't get any better in terms of being a leader and a vocal leader. I, I didn't really stamp myself as a guy who is a number one pick who is really franchise altering, but I didn't like the way things went in that second round series that I played like crap. So get me out of here. And to me, I just don't want to understand what the hell that Ben's camp was thinking, doing this thinking, let's just show up and try and maybe muscle our way out. Or he was just having a bad day and didn't want to be there. This to me is so counterintuitive for what he wants. Like I was honestly expecting this Paul. I thought when we heard that he might talk to the media on Tuesday, my immediate thought was he's going to sit down. He's going to be a little bit of a hard ass, but he's just going to give like, uh, you know, I'm just here. I'm going to help the team win. Uh, I just want to be here and, you know, work hard and help the guys win. Instead, we're getting this. So what has this made you feel about? We'll wrap up on this. What has you made? What has this whole thing made you feel about Ben Simmons, the player? And really, I don't want to talk about him individually that we don't know him, but how he's handling this on a personal level. Yeah, you know, I, I'm a guy who admittedly has has defended him a lot in the past because, um, and it, quite frankly, that's me. I'm the type of person, and it's actually um, something that Larry Brown, we I interviewed Larry Brown um, on a podcast a, a couple years ago when I was still at NBC Sports Philadelphia, and something he said that stood out, and it's kind of the way I I look at guys, and it's I think it's a, it's a it's a fine way to look at guys, fine way to look at players is. So many people focus on a guy on what a guy can't do and not enough on what he can do. And so for me with Ben, a lot of the time I was, I was more focused on, well, listen, yeah, he, he doesn't shoot. Um, he's not, you know, 
and he, is he a good shooter? I don't know because he doesn't do it. But but do they? And you know, but he defends at a at an elite elite level. Or like I said, I, I would argue that he. I think he's the best defender in the NBA personally. I think without a doubt he's the best perimeter defender in the NBA, the most versatile. Um, so there's that. And secondly, I always thought like the biggest things he needed to work on. I, I don't care about. I don't care much about threes. If he could incorporate the occasional corner three when he's wide open, sure, that would be great. Um, I hate when people say mid-range because mid-range shot is, unless you are elite, unless you're Joel Embiid in the mid-range, I don't like a mid-range shot for anybody because it's not, it's an inefficient shot unless you're elite at it. Um, My biggest things with Ben were free throws. uh, Obviously, that's the big thing. And I always thought he could be a better finisher at the rim. Uh, You kind of see some of the stuff Giannis does. It's a little unorthodox. It's a little clunky, but he's so athletic and he's so strong that he can do it. And I think Ben has the potential has the potential to be a better finisher around the rim. Um, so over the years, like I said, I've always defended him and said, like, you know, I, I don't think he needs to take that. Like, I don't think Tim taking threes is that big of a deal. I don't think him um, taking mid range shots is even, is even a good idea. I think it's dumb um, in this current NBA. Um, Cause he's not, you know, he's not CJ McCollum. He's not, um, or even Tobias Harris, like a guy who just really can live in the mid range and thrive there. So, my biggest disappointment is the one, like the one statement that came out, one of the reports, it said that he wants to go somewhere where his mistakes aren't under a microscope where he's free to make mistakes. My counterpoint to that would be who in the hell in this city has never allowed him to make mistakes. If he just took threes and he shot 25% from three, I think that would get a lot of people off his back. I truly do. I don't think anyone's asking him to do anything that isn't, that is like this miraculous, like be an okay free throw shooter and maybe be willing to take some more shots. I don't think that's unreasonable. I don't think, and I don't think that's like this crazy thing where like, if he missed a bunch of shots, anyone would be pissed off or upset. I think people would just be encouraged by the fact that he's doing it. So that's the statement to me that has kind of rubbed me the wrong way the most. Overall, just I, I, I keep going back to the word disappointed. And I, that's what I am. I'm disappointed because I still think if he just incorporated those things a little bit more into his game and just improved incrementally as a finisher, as a free throw shooter, occasionally took a three, an open corner three, whatever, those things could really elevate him and could really elevate the basketball team. And I think that him and Joel Embiid can win games. I keep going back to if he's just an okay free throw shooter in that Atlanta series, they win in five games. And I I stand by that. Like they win that series in five games if he just shoots 60% from the free throw line. So that's a team that to me, like they could go to the Eastern Conference Finals with Ben Simmons as they're constructed. I feel confident in saying that. Um, Could they beat the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, without Kyrie Irving, maybe. Uh, with Kyrie Irving, yeah, that that would have been a tricky thing. Could they have competed with the Milwaukee Bucks? Yes, absolutely. I think they could have. They could have given Milwaukee a, a really good series. So I, I just think those incremental things. If he had improved on those, I think that could have changed a lot of things. So like for him to kind of throw Doc Rivers or whatever him or his camp, whatever, for you know to throw Doc Rivers under the bus, to throw Joel Embiid under the bus. 
um, to throw the front office under the bus because, oh, well, I thought they were going to trade me for James Harden. Yeah, dude, they, they might have traded you for one of the greatest offensive players to ever walk the earth. It's not personal. It is a business. Um, they, they weren't looking to trade Ben Simmons. They were looking to trade for James Harden. That's two completely different things. So, like, the fact that that bothered him so much, I think I get it from a human side, but you have to understand that it's a business, too. So, uh, again, I'm just going to keep circling back to the word disappointed because I think I still think this could have worked. I still think him and Joel Embiid could have made this work and been, you know, a team that might have been able to compete for a championship. Now it looks like we might never know that uh, whether that's true or not. But, yeah, uh, just disappointment. That That's the biggest thing I'm going to keep saying. Yeah, and and uh, that to me was a frustrating part. Dude, you can post as many videos of you hitting open threes against YMCA players, but you didn't even attempt to do that during a game. And he didn't have to remake himself and become a Larry Bird type, you know, dead eye shooter from outside. No, just be confident enough to take him. And I agree with you. I think if people were seeing him at least making that effort, he would have got the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Paul, always great talking to you and having you on the pod. We love the work that you're doing in terms of covering the team. Get some rest today because you need it. Yeah, it seems like you're spent. You've had these waves of energy. So hopefully you finish up what you need to do for the site and get some rest. And we're, we're looking forward to hearing your post-game pod uh, after the Pelicans game wraps up on Wednesday. Yeah, man, I just need, again, those s'mores lattes. Uh, it's a local coffee shop spot that makes them, and they're delightful. So I'll probably just be living off those for, for a little bit here. Well, the next time I come, we'll go there as well, Paul. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. <laughs> All right, that'll wrap up this episode. If you want to follow Paul on Twitter, he's got you covered for everything on Sixers. You can follow him at Paul Hudrick. That's Paul, P-A-U-L-H-U-D-R-I-C-K. You can follow me at JazzKang21, J-A-S-K-A-N-G-21. And of course, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. We're building up our network here. As we get into the regular season, you could do that anywhere you get your podcast fixed. And of course, Paul and the rest of the team at LibertyBallers.com will have you covered. All right, that does it for this episode. We'll talk to you all next time. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.